same age since Gossip Girl. I mean, in a way, but I feel like he's also kind of got that, like, just like as men age, they get that kind of like rougher look. Oh, the Chris Pine factor. Yeah. Where they stop being so shiny and new and they're more like a truck that's been ridden through. Anyway, so um, <laughs> this is nothing to do with <laughs> a little to do, maybe. So, granted, I barely read the story myself. So, again, it's going to be a uh, boo-ha-ha rules. Um, today are we going to introduce the podcast? Yes, this is Afternoonified. Okay. Hi, everybody. We're going to do another mythology mini. Mythology? A miniology or some. I don't know. Nothing's going to top Emily's fairy tale theater, so I've stopped trying. No. Or mini Minnesota murder mystery, which is my <laughs> personal favorite. Uh, anyway, so we're going to do some Greek mythology. I think the last one we did was uh, African mythology with uh, Anansi the spider. But we're going to take a hard left turn into uh, Narcissus and Echo, which I chose because Narcissus was the first Greek myth that came to my mind when I was like, I need something to do for this mini. (laughs) I need a thing. Now, refresh my memory. I think I know the answer to this, but these are related myths, right? Narcissus and Echo? Yeah. Yes, it's the same one. Okay. Gotcha. It's it's actually a little sad in a way. If I remember correctly, it's very sad. Yeah. More for one reason than another, but. <laughs> so this is from Classical Mythology, the third edition by uh, Mark P.O. Morford and Robert J. Leonarden. A book you own. Yes, I picked this up at Goodwill because I needed to do some research on Greek mythology. Um, this edition is from, oh, Jesus Christ, 1985. Oh, cool. All right. So this is um, Ovid's version of the myth because it's kind of like with Norse mythology where there's different versions of different myths depending on what region you're in and oral tradition being different. So this is the one from uh, Ovid's Metamorphoses, which is we're not going to get into Ovid's whole deal today. It's a mini the river god Cephesus once embraced the nymph uh, Lerope in his winding stream, and enveloping her in his waves took her by force. Uh, I mean, this is pretty on par for Greek myths, but like right off the bat, <laughs> in the first with sentence. Fucking. <laughs> starts with rape. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't specify that she did not want it. Took her by force. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That is how I was reading that more like they were very into it. But you're right. It's it starts out with rape. And also, I mean, it's Greek mythology. So it's when is it not? All right. Um, When her time had come, the beautiful Lerope bore a child with whom with whom even as a baby, the nymphs might have fallen in love. And she called him Narcissus. She consulted the seer Tiresias, asking whether her son would live a long time to a ripe old age. And the answer was, yes, if he will not have to come to know himself. (laughs) Which I know what it means in the context of this myth. (laughs) However. Kind of sounds like masturbating. It does. Which I guess, in a way, we'll get into it. Uh, For a long time, this response seemed to be an empty prophecy. But as things turned out, its truth was proven by an unusual nature of the boy's madness and death. The son of Cepheus had reached his 16th year and can be looked upon as both a boy and a young man, which I'm pretty sure is a Britney Spears song. (laughs) I'm not a boy. 
<laughs> Not yet a young man. I can't remember how the song goes. Uh, many youths and many maidens desired him, but such a firm pride was coupled with his soft beauty that no one, either boy or girl, dared to touch him. He was seen once as he was driving the timid deer into his nets by the talkative nymphs, who had learned neither to be silent when another is speaking, nor to be the first to speak herself. Uh, namely, the mimic Echo. Oh, it's just one nymph. I know I said two, like, multiple nymphs. It's just one. It's just the one. And her yeah. name is Echo. Her name is Echo. At that time, Echo was a person and not only a voice. But just as now, she was... Gra- <laughs> what is that word? Ovid, what is that word? Spell it. G-A-R-R-U-L-O-U-S. Garrulous? Garrulous? Yeah, that's... Uh, sure. All Here, right. let me let me Google that quick. Garrulous. We like learning on this show. Garrulous. Excessively talkative, especially on trivial matters. Okay, that checks out. All right. Could, so... Could be gorillas. Oh. Uh, at that time, Echo was a person and not only a voice. But just as now, she was garrulous and was able to use her voice in her customary way of repeating from a flood of words, only the very last. Juno brought this about because when she might have been able to catch the nymphs lying on the mountains with her... So let's say love or Jove. Be weird if it said Jove. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Pretty sure love. That sounds right. Also, I think, um, oh, it is Jove. Okay. Uh, they're using the Roman names. Oh, gotcha. Hera brought this about because when she might have been able to catch the nymphs lying on the mountain with Zeus, Echo knowingly detained the goddess by talking at length until the nymphs could run away. <laughs> so basically, Hera was like, I know he's fucking around. Let me go check. And then Echo was like, I'll take care of it. Echo knowingly detained the goddess by talking at length until the names can run. When Hera realized the truth, she exclaimed, The power of that tongue of yours by which I have been tricked will be limited and most brief will be the use of your voice. She made good her threats. Echo only gives back the words she has heard and repeats the final phrases of utterances. Which, there's actually... It's associated with, uh, like, autism, but it's called echolalia. Where oh, it's literally like that. a thing? Huh. Yeah. Uh, they're just, com- like, compelled to repeat the last thing that was just said right. by someone else. And so she saw Narcissus wandering through the secluded countryside and burned with passion. She followed his footsteps furtively, and the closer she pursued him, the nearer was the fire that consumed her, just like the tops of torches smeared with sulfur that catch fire and blaze up when a frame, flame is brought near. Oh, how often she wanted to approach him. Her very nature made this impossible, for she was not allowed to speak first. But she was prepared to wait for his utterances and to echo them with her own words. This she could do. So basically, she can't talk to this dude she likes unless he talks to her first. We've all been there. By chance, the boy became separated from his faithful band of companions, and he cried out, Is there anyone there? Echo replied, There. He was dumbfounded and glanced about in all directions. Then he shouted at full voice, Come. She called back to him with the same word. He looked around but saw no one approaching. Why do you run away from me? He asked. She echoed his words just as he spoke them. He was persistent, beguiled by the reflection of the other's voice, and exclaimed, Come here and let us get together. Echo replied, Let us get together. 
and never would she answer any other sound more willingly. <laughs> Girl's got it bad. Oh, apparently he's super hot. I mean, fair. I'm, I'm not judging. I, I kind of picture him as looking like, uh, oh, that guy from Game of Thrones that was blonde. Natalie Dormer's brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his face? The Iron Terrell Fist. kid. Yeah. Anyway, I don't that's know my casting. Uh, she emerged from the woods, making good her very words, and rushed to throw her arms about the neck of her beloved. But he fled, and in his flight exclaimed, Take your hands off of me. I would die before I let you possess me. Ouch. Fuck. Rejected. That's quite mean. I, I don't think he's a nice man. Well, no. His reputation would, <laughs> just in pop culture in general, would suggest otherwise. She replied only with the last words, possess me. Poor Thus girl. spurned, she hid herself in the woods where the trees hide her blushes. And from that time on, she lived, she has lived in solitary caves. Nevertheless, her love clung fast and grew with the pain of rejection. Wakeful cares wasted away her wretched body. Her skin became emaciated and the bloom and vigor of her whole being slipped away on the air. Her voice and her bones were all that was left, and then only her voice remained. Her bones, they say, were turned into stone. From that time on, she has remained hidden in the woods. She is never seen on the mountains, but she is heard by everyone. The sound of her echo is all that still lives. That's sad. Poor girl. Just wait. He'll get what's his. <laughs> Narcissus had played with her so, just as he had previously rejected other nymphs sprung from the waves or the mountains and as well males who had approached him. How inclusive. <laughs> Thereupon, one of those scorned raised up his hands to the heavens and cried, So may he himself fall in love, so may he not be able to possess his beloved. Uh, the prayer was a just one, and Nemesis heard it. Nemesis uh -oh. being the uh, goddess of divine retribution and revenge. She sounds great. I love her already. <laughs> there was a spring, its clear waters gl glistening like silver, untouched by shepherds, mountain goats, and other animals, and undisturbed by birds, wild beasts, and falling tree branches. Grass grew round about, nourished by the water nearby, and the woods protected the spot from the heat of the sun. Here the boy lay down, tired out by the heat and his quest for game, and attracted by the pool and beauty of the place. While he was trying to quench his thirst, it kept coming back again and again, and as he continued to drink, he was captivated by the reflection of the beauty that he saw. He fell in love with a hope insubstantial, believing what was only an image to be real and corporeal. He gazed in wonder at himself, clinging, transfixed, and emotionless to what he saw, just like a statue formed from Parian uh, marble. From his position on the ground, he looked at his eyes, twin stars, and his hair, worthy of both Bacchus and Apollo. And his smooth cheeks, his ivory neck, and the beauty of his face, a flush red amid snowy whiteness. Love me a good ivory neck. <laughs> he marveled at all the things that others had marveled at in him. Unwise and unheeding, he desired his very self, one and the same person, approving and being approved, seeking and being sought, inflaming and being inflamed. How many times he bestowed vain kisses on the deceptive pool. <laughs> this fucking idiot. <laughs> what a dingus. <laughs> How many times he plunged his arms into the midst of the waters to grasp the neck he saw. 
but he could not catch hold of himself in their embrace. He did not understand what he was looking at, but was inflamed by what he saw, and the same illusion that deceived his eyes aroused his passion. Poor deluded boy. Why He's going to you... try to fuck this lake, huh? He's going to try to fl- fuck the spring. <laughs> Ah, poor deluded boy. Why do you grasp at your fleeting reflection to no avail? What you seek is not real. Just turn away and you will lose what you love. What you perceive is but the reflection of your own image. It has no substance of his own. With you it comes and stays, and with you it will go, if you can bear to go. No concern for food or rest could drag him away from his post, but stretched out on the shady grass, he looks at this deceptive beauty with insatiable gaze and destroys himself through his own eyes. This isn't going to end well for him. I doubt it. He raised himself up a little and stretching out his arms to the surrounding woods exclaimed, Has there ever been anyone smitten by more cruel a love? Tell me, O trees, for you know since you have provided me opportune haunts for my countless lovers and in the length of your years in the many ages you have lived on can you remember anyone who has wasted away like me i behold my beloved but what i see and cannot have such is the frustration of my unrequited passion and i am all the more wretched because it is not a vast sea or lengthy road or impregnable fortress that separates us only a little water keeps us from each other My beloved desires to be held, for each time that I bend down to kiss the limpid waters, he in return strains upward with his eager lips. This poor, sweet, dumb boy. Well, not sweet, but... (laughs) This poor, dumb boy. (laughs) This dumb boy. Would you think that he could be touched? It is such a little thing that prevents the consummation of... He wants to fuck the spring! It is such a little thing that prevents the consummation of our love. Whoever you are, come out to me here. Why, incomparable boy, do you deceive me? When I pursue you, where do you go? Certainly you do not flee from my youthful beauty, for nymphs loved me too. You promise me some kind of hope by your sympathetic looks of friendship. When I stretch forth my arms to you, you do the same in return. When I laugh, you laugh back, and I have often noted your tears in response to my weeping. And as well you return my every gesture and nod... And as far as I can surmise from the movements of your lovely mouth, you answer me with words that never reach my ears. I am you. I realize it. My reflection does not deceive me. I burn with love for myself. I figured it out. Still dumb, though. (laughs) I am the one who fans the flames and bears the torture. What am I to do? You know, if he just gave it a little thought, he could fuck himself. (laughs) It's not that hard. Uh, Should I be the one to be asked or to ask, and then shall I ask for? What I desire is with me. All that I have makes me poor. Oh, how I wish that I could escape from my body. (laughs) I hate him so much. A strange prayer for one in love to wish away. uh, To wish away what he loves. And now grief consumes my strength. The time I... The time remaining for me is short, and my life will be snuffed out in its prime. Death does not weigh heavily upon me, for death will bring an end to my misery. I only wish that he whom I cherish could live a longer time. What a fucking drama queen. I know. As it is, we two who are one in life shall die together. Still another page of his nonsense. Oh, he just keeps going. (laughs) 
He finished speaking, and sick with longing, turned back again to his own reflection. His tears disturbed the water and caused the image in the pool to grow less distinct. When he saw it disappearing, he screamed, Where are you going? I get it's an allegory for a bigger thing, but like, Jesus Christ, kid. (laughs) Uh, He screamed, Where are you going? Stay here. Do not desert me, your lover. I cannot touch you. Let me look at you. Give me this nourishment, at least in my misery and madness. As he grieved, he tore his garment in its upper part and beat his bare chest with his marble white hands, and his chest when struck took on a rosy tinge, as apples usually have their whiteness streaked with red or grapes in various clusters, when not yet ripe or stained with purple. As soon as he beheld himself thus in the water that was once again calm, he could not endure it. He could endure it no further, but as yellow wax is wont to melt under the touch of fire and the gentle frost under the warmth of the sun, so was he weakened and destroyed by love, gradually being consumed in its hidden flame. His beautiful complexion, white touched with red, no longer remained, nor his youthful strength, nor all that he had formerly looked upon with such great pleasure, not even his body, which Echo had once loved, was left." When Echo saw what he had become, she felt sorry, even though she had been angry and resentful. Just say, Jesus, girl, get over it. I know. Each time the poor boy exclaimed, alas, she repeated in return, an echoing alas. And as he struck his shoulders with his hand, she gave back to the same sounds of his grief. This was his last cry as he gave into the familiar waters. Alas, for the boy I cherish is in vain. The place repeated with these same words, and when he said farewell, Echo repeated farewell too. He relaxed his weary head on the green grass. Night closed those eyes that had so admired the beauty of their owner. Then too, after he had been received in the home of the dead below, he gazed at himself in the waters of the Styx. Jesus Christ. His sister Nyads wept and cut off their hair and offered it to their brother. The Dryads wept and Echo sounded their laments. Now the pyre and streaming torches and the beer were being prepared, but the corpse was nowhere to be seen. They found instead a yellow flower with the circle of white petals in its center. And that's how we got the flower Narcissus. And also Narcissism. And that stupid boy. Boy, he got really whiny there at the end, huh? Yeah, he's very dramatic. I mean, most people in Greek myths are very dramatic, but... I mean, it is on brand, yeah. Well, anyway, that's our story for today. Um, hope you're as annoyed as I am. You know, my cat does that. Like, she'll just sit on the bathroom counter and, like, look at herself in the mirror. Really? Yeah. June pays no attention to her reflection whatsoever. She just doesn't acknowledge it. Lucy doesn't give a shit, but Minnie loves looking at herself in the bathroom mirror. That's real cute. Anyway, we'll see you later. Yeah, bye. We love you. Bye. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This is As Above, So Below.